The state budget hearing on the environment on Wednesday, February 7, started at 9.30 a.m. and lasted to the midnight hour. Hudson Mohawk Magazine has compiled the testimony of a number of the state's leading climate activists. While praising the governor for including major parts of the New York Heat Act in her budget proposal, advocates want the entire Heat Act included, as well as much faster action on climate as extreme weather continues to explode globally. Making polluters pay, converting the capital to 100% renewable energy, public power, expanding the bottle bill, and getting the state controller Tom DiNapoli to divest from Exxon and other fossil fuel companies were cited in the testimony. In the second part of a two-part program, we hear from Lori Wheeler of the Public Utility Law Project and a new member of the Board of Trustees of the New York Power Authority, myself, Mark Dunley of the Green Education and Legal Fund, and Liz Moran of Earth Justice. My name is Lori Wheelock. I go by she, hers pronouns. I'm the executive director and counsel of the Public Utility Law Project. We go by Pulp for short. Our written testimony goes through many different proposals and aspects, um, but tonight I want to start with two specific asks. The first is to protect codify and fund the energy affordability program. Michael just talked about it briefly, but essentially the energy affordability program was created in 2016 by a commission order. The public service commission that regulates all of the investor owned utilities from Con Ed to NYSEG to Central Hudson has a program right now for low income households that gives them monthly discounts off their bills for a year. What they have to do is show that they're already enrolled in a public assistance program from SNAP to HEAP to Lifeline, and they can get these discounts for a year. It is a lifeline. It's one of the first things we do when someone contacts us and they're at risk of shutoff is check to see if they're getting these credits because every dollar helps their burden in some economic manner. This program is a vital lifeline. Last year, we came to the legislature because we were concerned that there was under-enrollment. We felt there was about a million households out there that could qualify for this program but didn't know about it. And thanks to Assemblywoman Salages and Senator Parker, data matching was passed and signed into law. So in 2025, we're going to have the Office of Temporary Disability and Assistance that has the list of the low-income households and the utilities start data matching. And so there's going to be a natural increase in the program, which we're so excited about. We thank the governor, we thank the legislature because that is momentum. But I'm here tonight because I am concerned about adding more people in the program the way it's currently funded. It's all ratepayer funding. It has a 2% budget cap. Each utility comes up with their budget, and so people enroll, they get their credits by a formula. But if you add more people and you hit the cap, the fear is adding more will decrease the credits. So that's why we're asking do no harm. Let's put $250 million into the budget for EAP to act as a cushion so that we can add those people safely to the program and then codify it to get it ready for things like cap and invest. We recognize that we are on a train when it comes to affordability. There's a lot of costs out there that we're not sure about that might shift around. And so we'll talk later and in our testimony about more transparency measures. But the last thing I want to put in a plug is for Pulp. Um, our organization has been a huge supporter of intervener funding. It got vetoed again, but thank you for uh, getting it passed. Um, we need more support. We're a small but mighty office of 10 that represents the entire state. We've been in seven rate cases. We had 1,706 hotline calls last year and over 400 cases where we helped low-income New Yorkers and moderate 
uh, try to fight back and make sure they can empower themselves, prevent shutoffs, reach energy efficiency, while also maintaining a safe and affordable home. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this evening. Uh, my name is Mark Dunley. I'm here to represent the Green Education and um, Legal Fund. Uh, I wanted to just start with a few quick things. Uh, my first job as a college student uh, back in the mid-70s was to uh, work in this thing called the bottom bill. Uh, it's time to update that, um, expand what is covered, and also go to a 10 cents deposit. Um, we support raising the funding for the water infrastructure from 60 million, um, 600 million rather than the proposed cut to 250 million. And as uh, Stefan and others have talked about, we need to finally make polluters pay for the damages they've been causing in New York State, and that starts um, with the uh, Climate Superfund. And I'll also say we probably support the proposal by uh, Assemblywoman Glick to uh, reintroduce wolves to help control the deer population, which is definitely having a negative impact. Uh, I very much appreciated the comments from uh, Cano from Fridays for the Future in New York City. Climate crisis is already here. Um, we had uh, extreme weather rampaging across the planet uh, last year. Uh, it led to the head of the United Nations say that the slow action by government on dealing with climate has opened up the gates to hell. Scientists are now debating whether or not in 2023 did we actually hit the 1.5 degrees centigrade warming target. We are out of time. We need to move a lot faster. Um, we need to, in fact, cut emissions much faster than laid out in the CLCPA. President Biden has said the national goal is a 50 to 52 percent cut by 2030, not the 40% cut that we're talking about here in New York State. We should at least go with Biden in the cap and invest program. We tend to oppose the cap and invest program for many reasons, um, but we support a lot of things in New York. We news to the floor of $23 um, for, for carbon is ridiculous, uh, should be at least uh, 85 according to the IMF. Um, we include everybody. It is a little bit disturbing to hear that uh, OGS, uh, five years after we convinced the lawmakers to stop putting more frack gas turbines on Sheridan Hollow after a century of pollution, wants to take another 10 years to reduce emissions in the capital complex by over 50%. That is way, way too slow. Finally, one of the issues I've worked on for the last decade has been to get the New York State pension funds to be divested from fossil fuels. Um, we appreciate your assistance in trying to convince uh, Tom DiNapoli to finish that process and also to the, um, the New York State Teachers Retirement System to divest as well. My name is Liz Moran. I'm the New York Policy Advocate with Earth Justice. Thank you all so much for the opportunity to testify tonight. This budget could not be more critical to get right when it comes to acting on climate change and ensuring environmental and public health protections for New Yorkers. New Yorkers just experienced a hot an expensive 2023. As you heard earlier, 2023 was the hottest year in recorded history. Six months out of the year were the hottest. Each month was the hottest month of that year. And we saw it here in New York. I want to remind folks that the end of session last year, it was unsafe to breathe the air outside from the wildfire smoke in Canada. Additionally, New Yorkers are seeing an endless stream of increases to their utility bills. Albany has the opportunity to act this session. Thankfully, Governor Hochul included key provisions of the NY Heat Act in her proposed budget, and we are joining many today in urging the legislature to address the increasing utility bills New Yorkers are facing, along with the climate crisis, 
protect public health, create good jobs by including the full NY Heat Act in this year's budget. Uh, so not surprisingly, there has been a lot of uh, misconceptions put out there about what the NY Heat Act does. This is detailed in our written testimony, but I do want to take an opportunity to address some of these common arguments. At its core, every measure in this legislation is a cost savings affordability measure. Many are saying we're moving too fast, we need a plan, not a ban, that we also need to build a bridge. That's what the NY Heat Act does. It is a planning legislation that would protect consumers. So to address a couple things, the 100-foot rule and ending the obligation to serve, these are changes to existing law, so we're not automatically giving gas. So it's not prohibiting gas, but it's opening the door to other opportunities, non-gas alternatives. There really should be no hesitation to do this common sense policy. Um, with a minute left, I'd also like to name our support for a couple other things. We also do support the RAPID Act to accelerate electric transmission siting, to make sure that we're getting renewables to the places that need them, particularly downstate right now that it is more dependent upon gas. We're going to need more electric transmission to get there. And lastly, there was um, some funky math that almost made its way into the budget last year. We want to reiterate our opposition to changing how the state accounts for greenhouse gas accounting. We also reject any false solutions, such as um, inappropriate hydrogen or biofuels where it's not appropriate. The climate law was very carefully designed. Sim uh, relatedly, we also have opposition to the low-carbon fuel standard. We also don't want you to cut the Clean Water Infrastructure Act. Okay. This has been Mark Dunlight for Hudson Mohawk Magazine.